0: Welcome to Mustang Open Mic, the city of Mustang is highlighted, explored, and celebrated. A podcast discovering the vision of the city through inspiring conversation with Mustang leaders. And now your host, James Wall. Welcome, Mustang, and thank you for joining us at Mustang Open Mic, a podcast for Mustang about Mustang. We're here today with Jared Homer boys' head soccer coach for Mustang High School and a 2006 graduate of Mustang High School. Jared, Jared, it's a pleasure to have you here today.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share the sport of soccer and Mustang High School soccer. Well,
0: let's start out with this question then. How did you go from a high school graduate of Mustang to becoming the head Soccer coach for one of the largest high schools in the, if not the largest high school in the Oklahoma City area. Sure, I uh, played
1: soccer my whole life. Played club, um, did that. Ended up, you know, playing football in high school and got a scholarship to play football. Um, and ended up choosing that over soccer. And went to Northeastern State, played football for four years, um, loved it. Um, We weren't any good, but uh, I loved it. And uh, paid for school, and I came back and ended up getting a teaching position in Mustang at Mustang North Middle School. And I saw that they had a position for an assistant coach open. So I met with the athletic director and talked to him about doing that. And obviously they were in the search for a head coach at the time, so Mm. he just said, wait till we hire a head coach, and... We'll talk to him then, well, that was the middle of summer. beginning of school rolls around. No one's hired yet, so I get a call out of the blue from the athletic director saying, "Hey, are you interested in being the head coach?" And I said, "Well, yeah, but you know, I've been four years removed from it, my first year teaching um fresh out of uh you know college, and I I had some definite hesitations with it, but um, he offered me the position. So I went and talked to Whitney and told her kind of what you said earlier. This is a head coaching position for one of the biggest schools in Mustang, or in, uh, I'm sorry, Oklahoma. And it's where I graduated from. It's, it's really like a dream job, literally right. just graduating from college. And so I jumped on it. I took the job and, um, you know, I'm in year six now. Um, first three years I'd rather not talk about <laughs> but uh, the first the last three we've had some really good seasons I had some major growing pains just from you know just being young and, and dumb and just not really knowing the whole coaching side of it and the administrative side of it and it took a lot of um, you know just learning how to handle everything that goes into being a head coach and I won't say I got figure it figured out now but I at least know what is expected and, and can handle things when they're thrown my way. So,
0: okay. So what was, since you, you characterized it as doing some dumb things, what was the dumbest thing in those three years that happened?
1: We had, uh, one of the things was, and it's partially my fault. Um, my teaching schedule didn't allow me even to get over to the high school to be a head coach until an hour after school started or practice started. So, my first year, I didn't even show up for an hour and I had a one assistant that was a college kid in charge of eighty kids. And it was not a good situation. Mm. And um uh, we fought that battle the whole first year and we won one game my first year. And we shouldn't even won that one game. <laughs> we went into wow. overtime and won in overtime. And uh Uh, just things like that, just, uh, handling how I handled, uh, you know, kids, how I handled situations. Um, you know, I look back now, I'm just like, there's no reason, there's no doubt of why we didn't have a whole lot of success. I I did some things that as far as not necessarily team minded, but individual minded. Mm. And I, you know, I kind of put kids a little bit more on a pedestal than I should have instead of the team idea and the team aspect. And, and I mean, we had some great kids, great players, but it, it didn't show on the field. I mean, as a team, as a team. So, um, but I, I, feel like I've learned a little bit from that. I've, I've leaned on a bunch of other coaches in the six A that have really pulled me along. And some guys that I call friends now that have helped me out a lot in these
0: six years. So, yeah, that's great. You know, one of the things I didn't grow up with soccer. In fact, it wasn't even a sport. We knew it wasn't in any of the schools And so it's relatively a new sport when it really comes to being a sport that's really seen as one of those key sports in your high school or even throughout all of sports. And it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. I agree, absolutely. And I'll just give you a funny story. I went off to college to play uh, basketball. And when I got there, I was like, No, I came from too small of a school. I'm looking at all these guys. I I am not equipped. But they needed (laughs) soccer players, and I had never kicked a soccer ball. And so to tell you that I was able to start on the team (laughs) in (laughs) college, that tells you a little bit about uh, our team. In fact, we didn't even win a game the whole year. So. I, I it's amazing that the skills that are the kids come up with. How have you seen this sport grow over the years?
1: I mean, even since I I started playing, I mean in the in the 90s early 2000s, I mean there was clubs in Oklahoma, but there wasn't the amount of kids that we have now. Now mm-hmm. we have there's in the Oklahoma City area, there's five or six big time clubs that you know, the youth development, all that. And, and, uh, they have three, four teams in every age group. When back then we were lucky to get enough for just one. And so, and that doesn't even include the, the rec programs that we oh. have out there also. So, um, I mean, it is just blown up. Um, there's kids everywhere. It's getting national recognition. I mean, every four years the world cup comes around and you just hear about, you know how much more interest and how much more kids are wanting to play it. I mean, it's a it's a really fun sport. It's a beautiful game. There's a lot that people don't understand about it. They think it's just you kick the ball in the goal. How come it's not <laughs> 10 to 1? You know, 10 to you know, yeah. scoring a bunch of goals, but there's so much more to it than that. And so, you know, I'm excited to see it. I like I said I coach uh, some younger teams and so the development aside is huge for for me as far as even just growing those kids in the game. So, mm-hmm.
0: So I know a little bit about your family, but tell our listeners about our family, your family, and tell us about your son, and do they both of them play?
1: Yeah. um, I've been married for nine years. We've been married 10 years this summer to Whitney. We both uh, went to Mustang, kind of high school sweethearts type type deal. We went to the college. We went together to NSU, and then we lived apart for two years. She went to nursing school at UCO, and then... um, we had Tate in 2010. He's six now. We have Jet, who is four, just turned four, and then we have uh, Bear, who is seven months. And so, all boys. Uh, I see a lot of days spent at soccer fields with them in the future. But um, Tate, the older one, uh, currently plays. He's been playing for the last two years now. He plays on a team that I coach out at South Lakes, an academy team in in, uh, in their program. Um, Jet did it last year. Uh, hasn't shown a whole lot of interest in it. So we'll see. Um, uh, Tate loves it. Tate's the type of kid that, you know, he's a uh, competitor. If he loses in like getting to the car first, he's mad. And so, uh, it's funny to watch him play. Um, I enjoy coaching him. I really do. Uh, Some people kind of are like, you have to coach your kid. Is that weird? No, I love it. I love every minute of it. So
0: tell us about this year's team. What are your hopes and dreams for this year's team?
1: Man, we are—we're we, coming off one of the best years Mustang Soccer has ever had. We went 12 and five last year. We went 11 and 0 at home. Uh, we won. We host the tournament every year. We won our tournament that we host. Um, beat some really good teams in it. Made it to the second round of the playoffs. Mustang has never made it past the second round. We've we've made it to the second round several years. Even when I played, we made it um, twice. Um, lost to the eventual state champions, in double overtime this last year. So we're coming off one of the best years, and we really only graduated. We've graduated four seniors, three that played a significant amount of time. And I have a huge senior class this year. Most of those guys have played for the last two or three years. And, I mean, the, the really, the ceiling has, has been raised this year, especially after last year. I don't say we overachieved last year. We were good last year, but we were Junior led. Now we're going to be senior led. And I mean, the expectations are we want to win district. We want to avoid having to play Edmund North the second round, who we've lost through the last two years and um, who's a really good side. Um, But our goals are to win district and see Edmund North in the finals this year, not in the second round. And I feel like we have a team to do that. You know, like I said, we, we return a bunch of players that can play and then the younger guys that are going to push those guys, are good as well. And this is the deepest group that I've had since I've been here. Um, Our JV team last year only lost two games, and that JV team is going to look a lot the same because we only had realistically three spots open up on varsity. So that team was good last year. Some of those kids are going to be fighting for varsity spots. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I really am excited for this season.
0: So, you said you had how many seniors this year?
1: I have 12, uh, 12 total. 11 of them are varsity kids.
0: Okay. So, all right. So, today, when we're doing this podcast, mm-hmm. is National Signing Day. Right. So, did you have any of your players that actually signed a letter of intent to play somewhere? Sure. I had six total today. I had. Um, let's
1: see, Caleb Gray signed with Southern Nazarene University, Corey Bieber signed with Southern Nazarene University, Eric Carrion signed with Southwestern Christian University, Brock Massey, Southwestern Christian University, Dylan Dean with Rogers State University, and Austin Needham uh, with Oklahoma Baptist. And I had another one of my seniors tell me today, uh, Gabe Knight, Uh, He is committed to Rose Holman uh, Institute of Technology in, in Terre Haute, Indiana. And so it makes seven, I guess he didn't sign today, but he's going to eventually. So, um, I mean, that just tells you a lot about this group of seniors that we have. And I have one that's not playing. He's, he's uh, enrolled at UCO who could be playing and the other three, I have no doubt that they have a chance to play at the next level. So to have 10 or 11 guys that, going to go play at the next level that six is more than i've had in the six years i've been here sign to play so you mean all together all together yes. all together all together oh, all together wow. i had more yeah today when i'm rattling off all these names <laughs> in front of everybody it's like it's a great group i mean yeah. and they're all kids that have come up through they're all four-year kids none of them are moves ins they're all been here some of them started on the lowest team and have worked their way up and earned scholarships some of them have been top-tier players for, you know, all four years. So um, it's a great group uh, of seniors that we have.
0: So when you're thinking about, when we're thinking about um, soccer and being a head coach, I know the time demands upon you are probably great. So having a family, three boys, what drives you? What What is it that, keeps you going as a head co- coach what drives you i try to i try to break it off into its own little
1: seasons as far as coaching goes we're right now in the the preseason mode where it's about five weeks of literally just practice every single day mm-hmm. and it can wear on you i mean it's it's that time of year where you know the kids kind of start yeah, their minds start going to other places. We don't play games for a couple weeks. And so I try to break it down into seasons as far as that for them also. So we're in that stage right now. We got our actual scrimmage season in in two weeks where we play for about two weeks, and then we get our actual season going. Um you know just knowing as far as the high school goes i mean there's there's another thing coming up there's another thing coming up and just embracing that you know it may it may be time consuming it may be you know we're out here for practice till 5:30 tonight you know and we're going to do it again tomorrow we're going to do it again the next day just knowing that there's that you know we got games coming up we've got things that you know you're excited to see the kids compete and and, and go after it Um, I mean, it is time consuming, uh, you know, Whitney and I joke around all the time, you know, we, we don't see each other from about January through the middle of May. And when we do, it's, you know, I'm tucking her in at night or I'm coming home, you know, really late from a game or from club practice. And so it's just, I love being around kids. I really do. Whether it's, I get to see it all. I coach high school, I teach middle school, and then I coach, um, you, you seven and you nine kids in the evenings on the weekend. So I see it all every single day. So, um, I just love kids. I love to see them develop. I love to see, um, them grow, uh, the personalities. I mean, each team's different, each kid's different and just figuring out ways to, you know, how can I impact that kid? How can I teach this game and impact their life to where they remember me, they remember something and they improve when I'm done with them. You right. know that's kind of the way that i I approach each whether it's my middle school my high school or the the younger kids just so they can take something away that they remember you know hey coach Homer taught me that and and coach Homer said this, and I'll remember that that's the you know that's kind of what i i hope and envision for
0: you know putting in these long hours and, and- Yeah, and you're not talking about skills per se. Oh, no, no, no. What's in, what you're really trying to teach them.
1: Right. No, not necessarily. I mean, the skills are all kind of a side note for it. I mean, I hope my high school kids will come back and just, I hope they remember the times where we're just having our spaghetti dinners. We're out just enjoying each other's time, enjoying company. Um, and even, you know, at all the age groups, I mean, yeah, the skills is kind of a side part. It's more or less just the bonding aspect, the team mentality, um, and just developing those relationships other than soccer, you know? So
0: that's kind of what I hope. So February 14th is a big bond issue right here in Mustang. Go vote. (laughs) Well, how does this bond issue or bond election Mm -hmm. affect the soccer
1: team? Um, We are actually on the ballot for ballot or on the agenda to get an upgrade to our facilities. And, And we have some of the nicest facilities in the state. We're one of three high schools on this side in 6A and one of the older classes that have a soccer-specific field. We play on grass. Only Normans play on grass also as far as 6A. Everyone else plays on their football field. So we're lucky we have our own um, spot to play. We have our own locker room off-camp. We have our own soccer-specific. It's wonderful. And, you know, winning 11 games, going 11-0 and last year at home, that's a huge factor and I, there's no doubt about it. And so um, we're on the bond to improve our soccer um, complex uh, to get a locker room upgrade to do some uh, upgrades to the field, some sound system upgrades. Hopefully um, we've got a fence that runs, We our field sits right next to the cemetery. And so we've got a <laughs> fence that runs right by the cemetery. And so um, we're hoping to get some, fencing that goes along that better fencing how about that um it does i mean this is it's a lot of money that they are wanting to put into it and like i said we have great facilities we have one of the best atmospheres on tuesdays and friday night and if this bomb passes i mean it's only going to improve and so I'm, i'm really hoping it does we've got some big plans some ideas us coaches what we would like to see with some of that money done. I know the school has some some ideas as well, but we've we've been in in contact and talked to them about some of our, you know, wants and needs also for it. So, I hope it passes. I really do. It'll benefit not only soccer but I mean every kid, my kids eventually when they get up there, so
0: grass or artificial turf, and you're saying you would rather play on grass and artificial turf, is that what you're saying, or since that's what you have now, yeah, and you would rather do that than have an artificial turf field?
1: Yes, I love our grass, uh good grass. How about that? We put a lot of money into it every year to get it to get it top dress seated, rolled, and so it's a good, flat surface that is green from November through may and it is it's rye grass it's um it's a great playing surface i would rather play games on grass i'd rather train and practice on turf okay just because you know if we're out on our field every single day by you know the end of march it's there's bare spots And so we try not to – we try to stagger. We go to our football field and practice on the turf. Um, So, yeah, I'd rather play on grass, practice on turf.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, There was a movie out maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, called Concussion with Will Smith. I don't know if you saw that. I did. I did. How big of an impact did that movie have on soccer? both negative both good and both negative
1: yeah i think it i think it opened a lot of people's eyes to you know not only that there's concussions out there but it's not just football it's not just you know the sports that are it's not just the sports that are just you know hitting their heads together uh soccer um has always kind of had an issue with it as well and i think it opened some people's eyes to um that there is an issue and and How can they fix it? Uh, U.S. soccer this last year implemented some rule changes for youth soccer. Um, I'm not saying I agree with them 100%, but they did to, in their eyes, limit concussions. They prevented from U10 down heading in the game at all or practice. And so... um, they're doing their part in their eyes to prevent it, so us coaches are having to you know, implement it as well. And so um, if you think about it, that's a big part of the game.
0: That is a big part it's of the really game. It's a really
1: big part of the game. And this year in all of our games, I mean, I, at least once a game, there was a foul called for a kid heading it. And most of the time, there's no one around him. It's just the ball. He He's just – it's instinct. Sure. And so reteaching that, it's tough. And so um, I – my thought process for that is the the concussions don't really come from the ball hitting the head the concussions from come from two heads hitting each other or right. an elbow or something um hitting their head and so i think it's i think it's just us soccer's way of of saying they're doing something um i think they've had a lot of negative feedback and i think they've also had some positive feedback but from a coach's side it's tough. It really is. And then when you get up to the older age groups, when they're able to head, uh, they're limited to when they can head. It's only in the, in the game, <laughs> and you can't practice it. And so you're just like, I don't know. So um, it, it it definitely we've definitely seen an impact uh, in the soccer
0: world from that movie. When I know how, when you're saying it's really two heads that come together that really caused that, I can remember the. W- w- time I was playing soccer, my big college career here, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but <laughs> I was playing, but I went up for a header and a guy came up underneath me and hit me right under the chin and basically almost knocked me out. Now, it wasn't a concussion, but it just jolted me and the elbows are flying and even feet. I know you, you're not supposed to kick that high, but your head sometimes get, gets down there in the way Sure, and, and you can get really knocked out from those Oh, things. yeah. And in the, in the high school, as far as the
1: high school being proactive, I mean, the officials uh, of games are supposed to be real. I mean, they can't even, if they sense a head injury of some kind, if they use the word concussion to us, that kid has to go off the field. He has to get cleared by a trainer. We have to go through all. Each school kind of has their own protocol, but um, they have to go through steps. So the officials have been trained on how to, you know, approach head injuries. You know, we've sat through every year we have a, an online class we have to take for concussions. And, and so not just in the, the U.S. soccer, but high school soccer as well has also, you know, done their due diligence in making sure the coaches understand and being able to recognize them um, when they do occur. So,
0: Well, and because it's such a prevalent issue in football, Mm-hmm. And really, because there is a lot more contact with head, and I know they've got helmets on, but have you seen a swing in parents maybe moving kids to soccer instead of football or or that and i know I know I'm on hallowed ground here <laughs> because this is a football state, sure for oh, sure, yeah. and there's, you play no football.
1: arguing that no not at all'm yeah it is a uh, I, I, as far as seeing a huge swing in kids, I personally, in my you know five years of coaching the younger kids, I haven't heard of you know a mom saying I'm we don't want to do football, so we're going to do soccer. I'm sure it's happening, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if in the parents' minds they're maybe leaning their kids more towards soccer to avoid that. Um, but it, I don't know if that's they're making that like public you know knowledge to everyone around them. So. Um, but it is interesting. Um, if we, you know, here's my plug for soccer. If we ever want to compete with the world powers, you know, most of our big time athletes play in Oklahoma or not just in Oklahoma, but in the U S football and basketball, other countries, Germany, Spain, their top athletes, even their top, you know, even their next year athletes are are playing soccer. And so, um, man, I would love it if we had more, Of our top athletes from U four in training, Um, you know that's that's how I see us competing and 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 you know winning World Cups and you know making a a national splash
0: per se. And we are late to the game. I mean, America is late to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And yet I see it increasing as far as in popularity. Sure. Uh, Lived in Dallas for a while in the Frisco area where they actually had the professional team there. It was crazy, you know, the games there just nuts. Mm-hmm. Just and we actually were in Honduras one time and actually saw the American team play. Now, playing in Tegucigalpa in Honduras is a really incredible thing because you're behind Bob wire fences to <laughs> keep everybody out. And we were in the area where we actually had uh, guards with rifles and everything wow. with us. That's awesome. And, so, and they gave us some American flags and we're all, so we were on the, the front page of the <laughs> paper the next day mm-hmm. and luckily luckily I mean it was a 1-1 tie so, <laughs> so we came away with no one being just angry a just a friendly right? handshake but, <laughs> but that was a scary well, time ta- yeah. but it was fascinating I mean, it was just unbelievable Kobe Jones was, okay. oh, we yeah. actually rode on the plane with him down there their whole, wow. the whole team so we had a, that's my experience with soccer mm-hmm. so let, let me give you uh, some lightning round questions Okay. All right. I think I'm ready. All right. So who is your favorite soccer player of all time? Of all time. Of all time that you saw play. I mean that you've seen television yeah. whatever. Cristiano Ronaldo. He is by far
1: my favorite player. I've loved him since he played for Man U. I do not like where he plays now with Real Madrid, but I I love him. Uh, you know, he's always been the player that if he's on TV I'm watching him. Why? Um he's one of the tight ty- he's just special you do not know i mean he can score from anywhere on the field uh he had his skills are um he's he turns 32 tomorrow i think is what i saw or today or something and still he scores goals um on the, uh, regularly for his club and his his country and so um i just love that he has that ability um he has kind of Soccer players are always kind of known for like a swagger type, mm. and he has that. And I've always admired that, and, um, you know, he's just a player that I've always, I've always loved uh, to watch him play anytime he's playing, whether he's playing for Portugal, whether he's playing for, you know, what it is, Real Madrid now. So, definitely Cristiano Ronaldo.
0: Okay. The greatest lesson you – the greatest leadership lesson you learned as a player, as a soccer player –
1: As a player, Um, I would say, you know, there are going to be times, I think back to high school, um, my junior year, we weren't very good, and um, we had a down year, how about that, compared to what we've been, and we weren't like awful by any means, we just didn't have as good a year as, as we've had in the past. And I just remember thinking that, you know, this is my opportunity, I'm not a senior, but this is my opportunity to step in for people to see we're not having as good a year as we've had in the past or even the year before the way we, we started out pretty good. And then we kind of fell off. Um, you know, I still have to come in every single day and, and work and put in the time, put in the, you know, the hours and keep pushing. And, and, you know, I remember those practices. I remember, you know, they weren't fun. I mean, we, we struggled, but, I just knew that it was – I had to come in. I had to put on that, you know, that game face, whatever you want to call it, for my group, this team that I was on, the younger guys, and hopefully they would buy into it. And we ended up – you know, like I said, we we struggled at the beginning. We won some games about middle end of the game or end of the year, and we still had a chance to make it to the playoffs, our very last game, which we ended up losing. But, you know, I just remember that that middle of the year, the struggle we had, but just the, you know – uh, just putting the work in, you know, get, putting your head down. I tell my kids all the time, you know, put your head down, come in, do your work, and, you know, people listen to – or they, they don't listen to what you say. Right. They see what you do. And I tell my kids that all the time, and that's kind of the, the mentality I had then. Um,
0: so, Okay, so excluding this year's team, because yep. you really haven't been through a season yet, yep. which team you've that you've coached had – the most grit. The most grit. Yeah.
1: Um, I would say not this year's group. No, I'm sorry. Not last year's group, my my 2016 group, my 2015 group. Uh, there was three or four, se- about four or five seniors, actually. We went to penalty kicks that year about seven times, which is unheard of. I mean, Right. Unheard of. And we some of those games we probably didn't deserve to be in. Uh, some of them were, you know, we just didn't play like we were supposed to. Um, and we started our season, our first three games went to shootout. We only won one of them, and so we could easily have been three and zero. And so we're one and two. And so there's three out the bat, and then the rest of the season we had four more, and we ended up finishing I think four and. Two in our penalties, or three and three. I think we finished even in our penalties. but it just kind of goes to show you, you know, that team. That was the first team that had made the playoffs for me, for my for my group, um, or since I've been here. And you know, they they fought every single game. And like I said, there were some games. That, you know, we won some games we shouldn't have. We we made it to the playoffs. We it was kind of funny. We played a Norman North team that year. That our last game of the year. We went on. They went on to win state. Norman North has kind of always been known for, you know, being a a dynasty per se, and they're good. They're they're always good, and that year was no exception. They were super talented. <laughs> we went into that game knowing we had to not lose by more than three goals mm-hmm. to make the playoffs, and I mean we we should have won the game. We ended up losing two to one on a penalty kick in the last, I think. Fifteen minutes, um, but that sort of mentality, um, just the, the fight. Um, that group of seniors is is one of my favorites. My my brother in law was on that that senior group, and uh, it was just a fun group to to be around and just watch them, you know, compete every game.
0: Okay, last lightning round question: When assessing potential leaders or players, what is the number one characteristic you demand they possess?
1: As a leader, for my no,
0: as a as a player. So when assessing potential players, okay. what is the number one characteristic you demand they possess?
1: Man, there is a we kind of have a motto this year of, you know, picking up equipment is probably the least favorite thing for I don't know what for high school kids. It's like and if it, and it, they feel like it's the freshman's job, they feel like it's, you know, I've done that. They got to do it. They got to do it. Um, I want them to, like we talked about earlier, I want them to see people or people see them, you know, uh, their actions, uh, whether it be picking up the targets, whether it's picking up the cones, whether it's staying after and, you know, getting some shots in. I want them to see them doing that. um, And and people see that and they remember that and they say, hey, that's the type of, you know, kid I want to be like. That's the type of... You know he's on varsity. Um, he's there for a reason, and these are the so- sort of you know traits that he possesses. And and how can I be like him? I have a couple seniors, and I don't want to name names right now, but nah, they do that, and they have worked their tails off for four years. They've they're they're the guys that have been doing that for four years, and you won't hear them say a word in the locker room, but. People see that. I see it every single day, and I, and I greatly appreciate that, you know, for them. And so, you know, if I can have my kids thinking about what they can do for the team instead of themselves, um, I think we'll go a long way.
0: Well, great. And thank you, Jared, for being here. We really appreciate it and appreciate the time you took out of your busy schedule to come and do this podcast. And for our listeners, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play or go to our website at mustangopenmic.com. And help us spread the word about this great city. This is James Wall, your host. Join us next time as we have another inspiring conversation with one of today's leaders. Until then, have a blessed day.